So how do you make a population compliant? You give them things and you control them. That's how it works. Once you control the needs, the wants, the method of delivery, all of a sudden, you're in control. Kevin Nicholson, volunteer president and CEO of No Better Friend Corporation, joining me. Kevin, President Biden potentially opening the back door to universal income. What's going on here? Well, good morning, David. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, look, there's no doubt, right? If you kind of take a step back on the whole universal basic income UBI thing, tech oligarchs really start to introduce this idea around the mid, what, 2016, 2015 range. And they're doing it in order to try to defray criticism that's going to come with the automation that's generated by the products that they've introduced in the marketplace. And that is what it is. But I, I very much view that as like a political attempt to say, hey, we're not bad guys. We believe everybody should receive just a baseline income. I think that's a bit of where Andrew Yang picked that up. He tries to occupy that techie space. And so that's where he heard this. And that's why he carried it forward in his politics. And if you look at what happens through COVID, right, there's just no doubt, I wrote this in the Hill, that there's many people on the left that viewed COVID as the opportunity to introduce uh, long-term payments coming from the government completely untethered to the search for work. And that's what you're seeing with this extension of the $300 plus up on top of state uh, unemployment benefits that's coming from the federal government and from the Biden administration. And at the same time, you see people like Jen Psaki and you see uh, Bernie Sanders and the like getting out there and saying, well, you know, at the end of the day, if businesses can't get people to show up, then they're just not paying them enough. And so what you're seeing really is the left in the form of the Biden administration and um, and the Congress saying we're going to introduce through UBI, in essence, like untethered government payments that seem to be coming in in perpetuity, uh, a wage floor. And we're going to try to make it such that we're going to discourage Americans from coming back to work after, you know, basically terrifying them for the last year and a half about the prospect of leaving their house and continuing to do so in many cases, despite the, uh, the prevalence of vaccines and, and, and frankly, science that says it's okay to go out there and get back to your life. Um, in so doing, they're creating a wage floor. And now you've got a situation which is just almost incomprehensible where the National Federation for Independent Business came out in April and said that 44% of American job openings went unfulfilled. At the same moment, you've got 16.2 million Americans receiving unemployment benefits, of which only 9.8 million are actually termed to be unemployed, meaning that they're between jobs and currently searching for the next opportunity. So the craziness of this, I mean, it clear as day, you can see the threat of UBIs used to say to small businesses across America, that Joe Biden doesn't like the wage that you pay. He's got an arbitrary point, which happens to hit, you know, $15 per hour or more. Um, And if that drives your business out of existence, which it is in many cases, that's just fine with Joe Biden. And that's a real problem because we're actually destroying businesses that are, in fact, the generators of income. And at the same moment, and here's a big part of this, right? Joe Biden's also driving up inflation. And so you look at consumer prices are up over 4% since April of 2020. Well, that's a big deal. And here's, you know, you and I, David, can spend four hours talking about all the nuances of inflation. But the reality is, if you take a couple basics and you say, okay, Joe Biden's going to juice and drive up the cost of labor artificially, it's not happening in the market. This is Joe Biden doing it by himself. And then if you flip and then say at the same time, Joe Biden's going to drive up the cost of energy, which he's doing by constricting supply 
and trying to force the market to change in a way that doesn't make any sense, you're taking two of the major inputs into all services and products, and you're driving up the cost if you're Joe Biden. And that is inflation. That's going to result directly in wiping out the gains that many Americans experienced prior to the onset of COVID by just simply driving up the cost of living through inflation. So, you know, the left, if you look at what they're doing here, right, and then, and then the next part of it, right, which you let in with is, is any of this really possible? Can you have a population of people in a republic dependent on a payment from the government to one degree or another and still be a self-governing people? And I know, you know, the left loves to just, you know, thumb their nose at this stuff, but it's very intentional on their part. Their goal is to say we're going to introduce dependency we're going to take people, we're going to keep them in a place where they can't get ahead in life. We're going to hope that they don't actually figure out that this is an, an amazing country to go out and achieve your dream. We're going to put you on a payment such that you're dependent on voting for us, the left, in order to continue that payment. And there's so really nothing more in the city down, than uh, somebody Kevin. living in this country. From, from a point of how actions can be taken against this, I guess that's where I'll start. There's the federal government, the Biden administration, the Biden-Harris, the, the people up there that are behind this push. Uh, I mentioned Andrew Yang in New York. Part of his platform, part of his platform when he failed with his failed run for president was universal basic income. But states can play a role here. States like Florida and other states that have said, you know, no more quote, free money, I'll use that term, although we both know money isn't free, it's printed or it's devalued. Uh, can the states push back even more and force people into a position where the $300 from the administration is not enough and they have to go back to work? Well, and that's the thing. None of what we're saying here today, David, is an argument against the principle of unemployment payments because unemployment is traditionally constructed. You pay into the system when you actually pay, uh, when you're paid wages and you have taxes withheld. That happens at the state level and that funds the unemployment system. And then by state law and regulation, various state to state, to your point, you are then uh, given a certain amount of unemployment benefits when you end up without work and you're looking for the next job. And, and that's a big key to unemployment, right? And that's what the states need to keep in mind. And to your point, what the states can do in order to create the right environment, which is always tether unemployment benefits to the search for the next role, which is key. And yes, place time limitations on them. And yes, the next step of that is what many states are doing from Florida to many others throughout the country, all of which are basically run by Republicans, are saying, and we do not need the extra $300 plus up coming from the federal government, in part because it's destroying our economy because we can't get people back to work, in part, Joe Biden, because we don't, you don't have the money to give. We're all kidding ourselves. We think that Joe Biden, with, uh, with the amount of debt we have that's outsizing our economy, has money to give away because he doesn't. And so at the same time, he's driving up inflation. He's actually delaying the economic comeback because businesses literally can't provide their products and services. They're being shut down as a result or they can't make a margin. Um, at the same time, he's doing all that. He's also spending money that he simply does not have to spend, which is, which is truly the definition of insanity. Yeah. Let, let's look at this from an even broader uh, perspective. I started out today, Kevin, talking about 
uh, what they're doing with the border situation or not doing, the policies, the balkanization of America, the the way they've ruined that structure to the point where the problem becomes, as I like to say, too big to fix. But it's not just immigration. You, the economy, immigration, resources, right, resources, the things people need, increased costs for electricity. Uh, for those that are on the margins, that's a bigger issue. Uh, there's so many other things that are being put together. Do you see the American people beginning to understand more this this broader matrix of pushing enough Americans into a dependent category for a variety of reasons to the point where government steps in and says government is the only one with an answer. It's just too big to fix unless you do what we say. Well, so, yeah, it's a difficult question to answer because you're correct. That is the goal of the left. And you look at it, right, like, for example, open borders policies that encourage that you were talking about earlier that encourage people to come to the country illegally. And, and, and here's the here's the cruel irony of that. Right. What the left is doing is putting those uh, immigrants in a position where they're they're, just, they're basically structured in a position not to succeed. And here's here's again, the craziness of this whole scenario is that you got kids in China from age five on who are learning the English language by by regulation and order of the Chinese uh, government in order to put them in a better position to, to succeed over the course of their life, because they understand that English is the international language of, frankly, everything, business, entertainment, you name it. Meanwhile, the left loves the idea of people coming to the country illegally, never being put in a position to succeed just by the basis of language alone, and such that they are basically sequestered into a separate country dependent upon the left for uh, political salvation and for benefits. And that Boy, if that doesn't get to that point on balkanization that you're bringing up and then creating, again, a problem which seems unsolvable to sensible people. The the thing about it is the American people have always been supportive of immigrants coming to this country legally and starting their life off the right way and buying into the ethos of America of being this beautiful free place you can come to achieve your your dream. And so, again, you get back to this insidious point of what the left is doing. They're the ones that are in so many different ways are tainting immigration and putting immigrants in a position where they're unlikely to succeed and, and told that they have to be dependent upon the government. It, it's nasty. And then to your real question is, do the American people see this all happening? Not unless people like you and, and frankly, your listeners are out there carrying forward the message because you know darn well this is not coming from the mainstream media. Instead, you to this point on UBI and and the unemployment or the, the, the lack of uh, labor availability that we're seeing in the market, you got people on CNN, you know, doing some faux scratching of their head because they can't figure out what on earth could be happening. And so whether it's, it's that kind of dynamic or pretending that encouraging people to come here illegally doesn't actually put them and their kids in a worse position overall, the mainstream media is not going to tell the truth. And they're all in on buying into, in, es- in essence, like a socialist construct of this country. And so unless people like you and your listeners are out there fighting through the fog and saying, look, here's reality. We as conservatives want people to succeed in life. We want them to be empowered in life. We want people to come and immigrate to the country legally and set up their life the right way and then go about you know, bringing energy and bringing ideas and bringing work to this nation. Uh, but part of that bargain is that you come and buy into this ethos of what America is, this unique, beautiful thing that values every life in our Constitution and sees the value of the individual. There is no collective anything. There's no collective guilt. There's no collective indictment of uh, moral failings. There's just you, the individual, empowered here to go and succeed. 
if we're not telling that to every new immigrant that comes to this country, and you and I both know that we're not right now through our official structures, um, we're setting them up for failure. And we're also basically uh, eroding our culture from within. And that's the goal of the left. And that, by the way, is a big problem because when the culture changes, when enough of a percentage that we're talking about are now bought in, controlled, or in some way, even if they don't realize, you know, when the provider of needs is the government and the determinant of your wants is the government and these structures that exist, they won't have a choice in some, I mean, just I'm blunt about it, are not educated enough in normal life to see this coming. So we do have a big point to, uh, or a big effort here that's needed. Great article in the Hill, watching carefully, no matter what they call it, what they're actually doing underlying, you know, underneath the bumper stickers, uh, Kevin. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you, David. Look forward to speaking again soon. Kevin Nicholson, volunteer president and CEO of No Better Friend Corp. Great information on their website at NoBetterFriendCorp.com. So we'll wrap up the hour on that. Uh, Turn it over to you uh, in the next hour. A number of issues on the table, including what we see. I meant what we see playing out in our cities or around America, the increased violence as society begins to crumble in any society, what is one of the first things to go? Law and order. When law and order, when that trust is broken, whether it's defund the police, refund the police, outright attacks on the police, and these are attacks coming from the very people you've elected. You, you the American people, the left who've elected these leaders in Portland, Seattle, Chicago, New York, and others, mid-sized cities, major cities, you're going to pay the price. All of us are paying the price. This cultural war is beginning to break down a lot of the bonds in this country, and we've got to pay close attention, as Kevin said.